Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? It is a question that many have asked for many, many years. Who is Jesus? If we do a little survey of the Bible, a little snap quiz here, we know that there are 39 books in the Old Testament. We know that there are 27 books in the New Testament. If we go to Genesis 1.1, who is there? In the beginning, God. Who is Jesus? Genesis 1.1, he's there and we go through all the books. We go through the law, the books of Moses. We go through the prophets. We go through the writings. We get to the Gospels. We have the letters. We have Revelation. We have the end. And who says the last words in the Bible? Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. From Genesis 1-1 all the way to Revelation, it's about Jesus. The Bible is the story of Jesus. Fasten your seatbelts. We are not the key players in the Bible. We have a part in the Bible. We're players in the Bible. Jesus is the center of everything. I hope that's how it is in your life, that Jesus is the center. Now fasten your seatbelts even tighter. Jesus did not come to start a religion. Think about it. Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came, we're told in the Gospels, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. I'm a little nauseous. I knew that would get your attention. Because we're about to enter a political season all over again. Here we go. People promising us that they can fix all our problems. Has that ever worked? Has it ever happened? And we get so caught up and we get so distracted. And even in church, people get animated with each other about politics. Jesus did not come to start a political party. He did not come to start a religion. He did not come to give out memberships to a private club. Jesus came 
as the word of God because God, you know what? God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. Now, this is a trick question. Can God speak to us without Jesus? Don't answer. Can God speak to us without Jesus? Well, we're told in Romans that nature declares the glory of God. In large parts of the Bible, God sends angels to speak to us from God. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We did that series on John the Baptist. God sends us prophets to speak to us and dreams and visions. But the clearest picture, the clearest message, the clearest way that God speaks to us is through Jesus Christ. Here we go. I know the text will be on the screen, but I'm going to read it the old-fashioned way. Feels good to hold this. The battery won't go out on this. I, I can't preach with an iPad like Pastor Jeff used to do. I just have total fear that that thing goes gone. If you have your Bible, great. If it's on your cell phone, great. It's on the screen. I'm going to read it. New King James Version. In the beginning, when John says that, when he writes that, where do his Jewish hearers, where does their mind go? It goes to Genesis. It goes to Genesis. The same three words. In the beginning was what? The word. There's a lot here just in this one in this one package, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. The Word is God. The Word was there previous to the beginning. We all live in a time restraint. We have a beginning. And unfortunately, we know that we all have an end, correct? Sort of have an end, don't have an end. But in our, we count days, we count hours, we count months. We have clocks. I have a clock up there to watch. You have a calendar. It's on your phone. But God, the Word, tighten the seatbelt, lives outside of time and space. God is not restrained or restricted by time and space. In fact, God was before time. In the beginning, Genesis says, God created what? Everything. The heavens and the earth. Jesus created everything. How do we know it was Jesus? Well, John says... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made 
that was made. Who is Jesus? He's your creator. He made you for a purpose. You know what that purpose is? You were made to love him because he loves you. You were made, we were made for relationship. Do we have anything that God needs? Not really. Money, power, all those things that Lucifer offered him in the temptation, Jesus like laughed. You're offering me things that I already have. So who is Jesus? He is your creator and the creator of everything. Nature, the universe, is his masterpiece. He's an artist. He's a designer. He's a creator. So you, me, today, when we ask ourselves, who is Jesus to us? He is the one who made you. Made you. And we're all different. And let me tell you, I see you all. I see you all out there. I see who's on their cell phone. I see, I see who's drifting in the spirit and sleep that you probably worked hard this week. I see, and just like, here's the thing. And I see the balcony. I know faces up there. I won't say names, but I see you. What Jesus wants you to know today, and this is very important, Jesus sees you today. Who is Jesus? He sees you today. Not only does he see you, he knows everything you are going through. And he has ears that he hears you. He sees you. He hears you. He created you. He's interested in you. He has your future. And when I look out here, I see places where people used to sit that are no longer with us in this world. I know where they sat. And I know where they are, according to the Bible now. They're in the mind of God. They're sleeping. They're resting. He has not forgotten all of our loved ones that have fallen asleep are in his memory. So John says... Who is Jesus? It was important to the gospel writers to get this right. You all know that Matthew was writing to the Jewish community. His gospel was to show that the prophets fulfilled, Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of the Bible. Mark was writing to sort of a Roman population. He does it quick and logical. Luke was a doctor. He was writing to the Greeks and the general public. But what I love about John... You know who John is writing to? Everyone. God, John's gospel is for everyone. So he goes on and he says in verse 4, In him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the word. He is the light. I don't need to tell you how dark the world is today, was, and has been. We are in a conflict with good and evil, light and darkness, 
Jesus and Lucifer, that is, those are the players. And we are actors in the drama. But Jesus is the center. He is the word. He is the light. It says he is life. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came to be a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He, John, was not the light, but was sent to bear witness to the light. When I was in college at a place called Andrews University, some of you may have heard of it. I'm not going to tell you I was there 40 years ago. Wow. You know, when you're in college, you think it's never going to end. And now, when people ask me about college compared to life, I say it was four years of vacation. <laughs> we thought it was so hard. Ugh. But I remember a conversation in the dorm with a student at Andrews who was an atheist. And there's nothing an atheist would like better than to talk to a theology major. And we talked, and I've learned that it is better when you're in these discussions, take time to listen to people. Don't feel you have to be urgent to talk. Well, we talked through a lot of things, pros and cons or whatever. And I'll never forget this student who was an atheist said to me, why do you believe in something you can't prove? And I thought, and I prayed, and I said, God, I don't know how to answer this. You better give me an answer. And I said, I believe in Jesus, even though I can't prove it, because it gives me hope. I choose hope. The word, the light, the life. Verse 9, that was the true light which gives light to every man who comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. This is bad news for you, church. How is the world going to get to know him? It falls on us. And don't start with words. Put the words aside. Let's just love the world. Let's just love like Jesus loved. You know who should be coming to church? Everybody. The doors should be open for everybody. There should be a sign out front. Everyone welcome. We're not just for members, are we? Jesus is for everyone. It falls on us. I would imagine that we all don't agree on everything in here, including theology, politics, and everything else. But we can all agree on Jesus. And we can all choose love. And we can be a light with him to the world. Jesus said, John said, Verse 
11, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. This is great, one service, I can talk as long as I want today. I know you guys are excited about that. I wonder if Jesus came to his own today, what would we do with him? Especially if he taught us to eat with sinners and tax collectors. We had a funny joke in Sabbath school where we were reading about he was eating with the publicans and we said we didn't know there were Republicans in uh, Jesus' time. Some would say if you eat with Republicans, you're eating with sinners. Some would say if you eat with Democrats, you're eating with sinners. I wonder what his own, what we would do with him today if he came to us. John says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. I love this, verse 12. But as many as received him, who can receive him? Anybody. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name. You've got to understand, the first century here, Jesus had challenged a lot of things. And now the disciples are there, what are we going to do with this? We're going to write some gospels. We're going to go out and preach. We're going to be missionaries. You all know that Paul wrote 12 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Peter wrote a few. John wrote a few. Believe in his name. Become children of God. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You remember the words of Jesus you must be born again. You need to change the direction. You need to change your priorities. I need to change my priorities. I need to be born again. I need Jesus to change me. Verse 14. I think I'm going to end it here. Got a lot more, but I think this is a good place to end. Who is Jesus? It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 said, and the Word became flesh. Wow. God became a human. There are mysteries that we don't understand. We don't understand why Lucifer fell. We don't understand the Godhead. We don't understand eternity. I don't understand God choosing to become flesh. And not only that, what's it say? To dwell among us? And we... He's talking about the people that saw him. Beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. We don't come to church to play games. There he is. A picture of him, of Jesus. We come to worship him, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Lamb of God, who farther in this chapter, it says, takes away the sins of the world. I want you to think on this. Who is Jesus to you? And how are you going to live with that knowledge? And specifically, I want to challenge you, how are you going to treat other people because of who Jesus is to you? I told this story before. My dad was a pastor. I grew up a pastor's kid. He went to Mount Vernon Academy. Somebody, we got a fan, okay, good. I've told this before here, but I think it's been at least 10 years. Him and his friends in the dorm decided to make some fruit juice and let it age. Because they thought that was cool. You know peer pressure. This is my dad, like 15, 16. I wish you all could know my dad. Someday you will. He got caught up in that. Back in the 1950s, they had a thing called temperance. Remember that word? Temperance. My dad was the temperance leader for the student body. <laughs> now, temperance, they were primarily against alcohol and smoking and other things. You know, what happens in the dorm doesn't stay in the dorm. We have the gift of tongues in the Adventist church. And somehow it got back to the principal that fruit juice was brewing in the boys' dorm. Now, if you know anything about boarding schools, I used to be a principal of one. The rules are really important. And if you break the rules, back in those days, you were gone, cast out for weeping and gnashing of teeth if you make a mistake. My dad came into the principal's office at Mount Vernon Academy. He sat down, and the principal, and I've been in that spot a lot of places with kids, and every one of those kids that came into my office, you know whose face I saw? My father's face on those kids that made mistakes that none of us made when we were teenagers. Principal had two paths he could go down. And he decided to be like Jesus. And he said, Walt, I know that God has a plan for your life. And this is not the path that he wants you to go on. I'm going to suspend you for a week, but let you continue at school here. 
My father's grandmother was using just about all of her money to pay for him to go to boarding school because that was the support he needed. My dad came back. He read a little book called Steps to Christ. I still have it in my office at home with his writing in it where he wrote in the front, he, he wrote a little thing, I have decided to live the rest of my life for Jesus. We are called to treat others like Jesus, to forgive, to love. It could be your kids, could be a marriage, could be business, could be the person in front of you at the light reading their cell phone, not moving quick enough. God calls us the word, the light, the lamb. He says, if I've done so much for you, I've forgiven you so much, can't you forgive others? Let's do it, church. Let's be the word, the light, and share the lamb with the world. My dad was a pastor for like 35 years, and uh, that one person's act of mercy and love, who knows where I might have been. I might have been something totally different than where I stand today. But here I am, 50 years later, telling the story of that principal who gave grace to my father. Think of the grace that God has given to you and go out and share it with others. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Word, the light, the Lamb. Jesus, you have done so much for us. Father, you have done so much. Holy Spirit, you comfort us so much. Every person here today is on a spiritual journey. You're walking with them, whether they know it or not. As we look at that question, who is Jesus to us? May we accept you as a friend, as a brother, and as our God. Amen.